Yes, indeed. The war goes on. But Lord God, we give you praise that you have already won this war and you said stand. And having done all, stand. And so we're standing, Lord, in the victory that you have already declared, proclaimed, and and obtained, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for defeating our enemy, for taking our place uh, on death row, for paying the price with your own blood, the price we could not pay. And thank you for the resurrection, which brought us to salvation and eternal life. Thank you, Lord. There is a real, there's a real issue going on here. It's life and death. And I thank you, Lord, that people are seeing it. Their eyes are being opened. So give us eyes and ears now to hear and see and understand what we're, uh, what we, what you want us to hear and see, Lord God, uh, to recognize the war, the plot, the narratives, the conspiracies, and all the things that go on uh, between you, Lord God, and your enemy that are trying to destroy your people. Father God, let your people, the remnant, have clear minds to understand and to articulate well what's going on. We bind the powers of darkness, the things that would afflict and affect um, the people even who are hearing this radio program today, Father God, that they will be encouraged to walk in the fullness of your finished work. And I thank you, Jesus, for your promises that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you have defeated our enemy. And so thank you for your divine coverings, protections, and breakthroughs, Father God. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the great and wonderful counselor, the, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So guide us now as we talk about um, your birth and about um, Christmas. Yeah, we're uh, revisiting Mary and Joseph. You know, there's so much superficial stuff regarding Christmas. We won't go into all that. Well, well let's just go that, into it for a that, second. <laughs> that would be a tirade. But, I mean, there's so much yeah. uh, fantasy, folly, foolishness. Yeah, fun. and it, it's like almost uh, it's like saddening. It, it's almost like a you know a, a celebration. It's party time so, with, without understanding anything about Jesus Christ. So we, we raise up again as we walk into the stores and the malls and the and the halls and the, and the programs on the television, we walk again into Satan's. I, I just see it as like the true nature and essence and beauty and miracles and, and astonishing rescue of Jesus Christ coming as an infant into Bethlehem after thousands of years of, of war between God and, and And people walk into the, the, the narrative and Satan is trying to bury the true essence of Christmas underneath all of this foolishness and and you know what it, it's really difficult to push that all away not get caught up in it and really go back to the truth of jesus christ who is the wonderful counselor um who has come to to live and dwell among us there was this little boy that uh, some years ago that was you know accompanying his parents into a city big city and you know they have all these different window displays and all the lights and all the things going on and they somehow in the all, all all in all of that they came by a a manger scene that was in the window of one of the department stores, and he asked his mom in complete innocence. He said, "Mom, who's the baby? Mm-hmm. Who's the baby?" And it's just all this 
celebration that I'm sure there's really many little has, kids like that today. You know, I mean, you know, we've made it nothing to do with, with Christ, Christ, nothing right, to do right. with the Savior. Yes, we and we have well, we have all kinds of. But we have a substitute called Santa Claus. Well, yeah. A substitute for the Savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of things. You know, we have Elf, and we have Scrooge, and we have... Hallmark movies. And we have um, uh, just all of these things that have nothing to do at all with the truth. And it's all distracting from the truth. Yes. From mm-hmm. the revelation of God's truth. So, so if today, as you're listening, if you want to, you don't have to, want to determine in your hearts that you are going to not get all caught up in the devil's narrative of Christmas. And then on the other side of it, we're, we're, we're even among us, there's people, oh, you shouldn't celebrate Christmas because it's a pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. No, you know what? Satan has all of his pagan holidays. For everything God has, very holy day God has, for every important day God has, Satan has something to distract. And so I am not going to give Satan... You know, just because he has a, a solstice or something witchy like that, I'm not going to turn away my time to celebrate and rejoice and meditate on the coming of the Christ child to Bethlehem, a- accompanied by a- a numerous, how many knows, how many number, the number of angels that, that sing glory to God in the highest as he was brought to the earth. This is an incredible accomplishment that began, the promise began in Genesis when God said to the woman, Eve, I will put enmity between your seed, the devil, and the seed of the woman, and then his seed, the woman's seed, will crush your head. And this is the, this is the beginning of that promise fulfilled. And we yeah. th- actually, the first part of the promise is th- that the serpent would bruise his heel, and that was the Bethlehem. That was the crucifixion. Jesus' head, uh, head was bruised. He was, he was bruised. But now comes the part where Jesus gets to crush his head in his second coming. Yeah, well, in his first coming, it was, uh, Galatians 4, 4 says, but when the fullness of time had come, in other words, the fullness of time, yeah. the cup is full, um, the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, mm-hmm. that we might receive the adoption as sons. So there was this fullness of time. You know, God had been pouring into this cup of time, as it was, centuries, from really from eternity, uh, the full, and now in time, the, the, the law, the prophets, many, many men and women of God who were not directly in the lineage of Jesus, but were maybe outside the lineage of Jesus, but all it all had, had to come had to together, come to pass. Yep. Mm-hmm. and uh, he sent forth his son, born under uh, of a woman, made under the law, under the law of God, the law of Moses. And it says uh, Matthew one sixteen. This is kind of a capsule of of uh, Mary and Joseph. And a lot of times we just think, oh, Mary and Joseph, you know, they come to Bethlehem. There's no they, history, no background. They, no they go to the, you know, they go to the, they go to the stable, and yeah. uh, the cows are breathing on the baby Jesus, and and it was so. It's it's almost Trite. we almost make it like a fairy tale, mm-hmm. but it's um, a real thing. It's a real deal. Matthew one sixteen says in 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 this lineage that Matthew gives uh, of of Jesus, and um, and and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, 
of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. So, uh, anyway... Um, well, just to understand the lineages and that these genealogies are very, very important. Um, Jesus had a bloodline that started with Adam, Eve, went through, um, you know, went through uh, David, because both Joseph and Mary... Are of the come from the the line of David, the king, uh, and then David had several sons, and so Joseph came out of the 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 son Solomon, and Mary came out of one of David's other sons, Nathan, and so they they're both they both, you know, have David as their as their great 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 mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. grandfather, yes. and then the lineages separate, and so Matthew is talking about Joseph's bloodline, and Luke is talking about Mary's bloodline. And um, so we see that Jesus had, there had to be an authentication, in other words. Uh, Authentication. There you go. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Uh, Of the validity of the bloodlines of Jesus and that he was, and by the way, Jesus had to be born of a human. He couldn't just come down as a superhero with no parents, just show up like Thor or something. Um, because Because a human being had human beings had sinned, therefore the payment had to be made by human beings. And so Mary had to be human. Jesus was born of a human. He's that's why he had to be human. Because if he wasn't human, his death wouldn't count for humans. But at the same time he had to be non human, divine, because otherwise his death wouldn't count as a because we had already been slaves. So God had to put two things together, uh Jesus's divinity and Jesus's humanity to solve the problem that was de- the, the death that Satan demanded because of sin. Yeah, and we have to remember, too, that uh, Mary was not uh, immaculately conceived. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's this teaching that yeah. she was born, you know, without, without sin. sin. But she says... In, she was righteous in the law. She kept she the law righteous. blamelessly. She says... Um, Luke one forty seven, he said, uh, forty six and forty seven. Uh, Mary said, "My soul magnifies the Lord, mm-hmm. and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior." So, she brought forth the Savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was immaculately. Um, oh, she was holy. The whole the the Son of God, who et- existed from all eternity, mm-hmm. the Son of the Living God was. Uh, immaculately conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of of Mary. He became incarnate. God made man. Right. And so Mary was, you know, a descendant of King David, like you said, and she was uh, a virgin. Isaiah 7, 14 said, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. She was highly favored by God. This was what Gabriel said to her. You're highly favored. Her humble, pure, and godly life was pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he said, the, the Lord is with you. Mm-hmm. So there was a special well, she was presence righteous. of God. She was, she she was, was a godly, the, her family were very likely a teenager, probably right. in her mid-teens or late teens. Holy and pure yeah. and, and, and you know, devoted to God and to the, what they knew at the time. They were righteous in their ways, as were Elizabeth and Zachariah, the, the parents of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So... They were walking under the all, all that they knew that God had given them the parameters to obey the law. They were obedient 
um, but nonetheless, they still needed to have to be saved. They had they had a love for God. Yes, they did. They were not just you know oh being punctilious and saying oh we're mm-hmm. obeying every yeah you know little detail of the law, mm-hmm. but they they had a true love for God. They weren't just you know yeah it, it, they were real. They, they were, were real. real. And today real we don't people. find a lot of people that are real. People, I mean, back in those days as well, back in Jerusalem, for example, you had a mixture just like you do today. I mean, it was the same type of thing. We had people who were, uh, you know, the women of Jerusalem. There were some high and, and, and rich and wealthy, and they had all their little amenities and, you know, lovely things that women of today have as per their time and culture. And yet there was also many people, as there are today, who were living on the outskirts of, of the bigger towns or smaller towns. They were poor. They were impoverished. They didn't know, you know, they worked hard. They were, and yet they were downtrodden because there was politics everywhere. And, and you know, the politics were dangerous back then too because, you know, the Herods, for example, were fl- flipping sides. Every time Caesar would win, they'd go to Caesar's side. And then when the next guy won... It would flip sides. So the whole political thing was very unrestful, very, very uneasy, just as it is now, just as it has always been. And yet in the, in, the fa- in the face of all that, we have God calling Mary and Joseph to humble, you know, non-political, simple, righteous people to bring forth the gift of God's son, the savior of the world, to bring him forth. And this is quite an amazing uh, um, what's the assignment to give to these poor little people who had no education? They had no fin- financial reserves. They didn't have. They had a good genealogy, but they didn't have a bank account. And so, they they were at the risk, at the mercy of, you know, wh- where do they get the donkey? How do they travel? How do they pay for this? Mm-hmm. And all kinds of things that we think, well, you know, they were special and called, and God provided it. Yes, God did, but it wasn't without a hardship. And Satan created those hardships. Yeah, the hardships kind of started right from the beginning here because, well, it was glorious too because the angel Gabriel mm-hmm. appeared to Mary, mm-hmm. said, you're highly favored. We mentioned that. And um, she was a uh, a virgin. She was sexually had, Why pure. did she have to be a virgin? Well, there had to be that that purity. There had well, to be no, that no, no, purity. because, no, 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 be, that too. But if she wasn't a virgin then there would have been some question about whether God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, had come upon her and, and given her this, this child, or if he had been born of fornication, which mm-hmm. they have later called Jesus, as, you know, be, he was born of fornication. Oh, they accused him of that, yeah. And, and uh, so she said, you know, okay, how is this going to happen? And he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, right. come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, also, this is... Luke one thirty five, therefore that holy uh, one who is to be born will be will be called mm-hmm. the Son of God, and so Mary, you know, she was at the place where she was betrothed to Joseph, and we know the story, uh, or most people know the story that she was found to be pregnant. By the Holy Spirit, and it's like, okay, what a story is that? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was the, the Holy Spirit's the daddy. It's like, uh, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> but the Lord spoke to Joseph in a dream and said, it's okay to take Mary as your wife. So what happened, what was happening back then, 
was that when you were betrothed, or we could call it engaged in our modern terms, you were married. Once you were betrothed, you were considered married, even though you, the, the marriage was not consummated till about uh, a year later. So the only way, he was thinking, uh-oh, there was provision in, in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1, that if you uh, find that your, your wife, basically, mm-hmm. he, she was his wife, even though they considered his wife, even though they were engaged. The only way you could, if you found some impurity or uncleanness in her, mm-hmm. th- the only her way away. you could put her away it was through divorce. Right. You were, you know, you were considered married, but uh, you had the you had the a, right to put them you away. You had the right legally to put her away through divorce. And so Joseph, of course, um, had to also. He thought yield. about doing that, but then, well, both but of he, them. he wanted to do it publicly. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to do it publicly. He was going to put her away, what? Privately. Privately. But but think about it. Both of these young people, they were asked to do something that had never been done before, mm. was super unusual. Uh, who would ever believe them? Um, they had to go against everybody's gossip and the grain of society and accepted behavior. Uh, and she had to believe that what the angel said was true, that Jesus would be great and he would be called the son of the highest, that the Lord God would give him the throne of his father David. Um, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, if you come up with stuff like that and you're explaining that to your relatives, uh, they're going to put, they're, they're, like, they're going to take oh, you to the mental health unit. They're going to yeah. say, you're, you're uh, uh, delusional yeah. and, or you have a God complex or something. You need medication yeah. or something. The, and so, so this was amazing. And the people around her were, I suppose, supportive, but silent. They didn't know what to say. Um, and he shall be called, born, will be called the son of God. Um, and so with God, nothing is impossible. So Mary, you know, the, the amount of faith she had to, to um, have to receive and cooperate with this um, was beyond, I mean, you can't reason, you can't logically explain this. You can't try to, um, you know, make, you, 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 what can you say? Either you it's believe a, it or you don't believe it's it. It's a unique situation, right. and she found that her her uh, relative uh, Elizabeth did believe her. Did yeah. believe her, and the reason Elizabeth believes her because she also had just had a miracle. She had been old; she was old, and she'd been begging and crying for a, a a child for many, many years. And then you give up after a while, and then there's a reproach that kind of settles in mm-hmm. sometimes when people think I failed, I didn't you know, have no, a child and yeah. no one to follow after me. And, and it's a, nowadays, of course, that isn't such a big deal because people uh, half the time don't want children and probably it's okay not to want children in these days. Anyway, I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. But so back in those days, there was a real reproach, a stigma. And when she was found pregnant in her old age, um, she was six months along when, when the angel Gabriel then showed up at Mary's house. So Mary went to Elizabeth because the angel told her. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't know there was a pregnancy. And besides, Elizabeth was keeping it a secret. Um, she didn't want to, you know, blast this in case there'd be an, a miscarriage or something. I mean, you just don't want to do that. You just want to wait till the baby shows up and then you can rejoice. So, but the angel told Mary, Mary then took off 
she got out of town, which was a good thing. I mean, she God gave her a little escape there. She could go to Elizabeth's house and hang out. She did for about three months. They must have had a very close relationship. And all of a sudden, she up and goes, probably travels with a caravan yeah. or something. But it was good for Elizabeth. her to get out of town because there was too much talk. And it would be too, would be too much talk. And so that, you know, and it gave Joseph a time to settle down and, and hear from God. And so Mary just had to trust the Lord. So many times you guys were asked by God to do something that's really strange, unusual. unusual. Um, uh, uh, where, where our reputation is put on the line, our character is, is called into question, um, people begin to gossip. Um, and and, you, and you, if you defend yourself, then you look guilty, so there's nothing you can really say. But God gave sweet little Mary an opportunity to go to the country, be with Elizabeth, help her through the last uh, trimester of her pregnancy, and then um, she, then about she wasn't necessarily there when the baby was born. I don't. It doesn't say. Um, but then she came back to her own place, and then began to prepare for for her journey, uh, which I'm sure there's a lot of mental. Uh, arranging in your mind, you know, you had some thoughts for your life and how it would look, and now everything is getting just flipped on its head, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think the biggest thing for Mary and Joseph was that they had to die to any kind of um, reputation or, uh, you know, I mean, there's they must have been the town gossip for, for months um, and this unusual thing. And, and so all of this, God asks us sometimes to sacrifice our our um, reputation, our our dignity, our uh, whatever the people think about us um, to do His will. And people will call you foolish and stupid and crazy, and um, and 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 there's plenty of crazy out there too. So what they're saying may look right, but we know for Mary, she was quiet, she was devout, she was simple in in her trusting of God. So. Yeah, it's it's just really interesting to if you look too at the genealogy. Well, before we do that, which is a good thing to look at, let me just think this up through a little bit more, so that there was a um, God's divine plan, His divine plan to redeem the the world mm-hmm. was so. I mean, Satan had to just wipe his brow and say, "I can't believe this. What? He's sending a a, a baby." I'm seriously, what, this is how God's going to do this? I mean, and, and to these people and these poor people, and they're not even aristocracy, they're not even royalty, they're not even, of course, they were royalty, but they were not treated as royalty because they were commoners in a way. So God's whole plan, 4,000 years, it took him to get it together, get it together as if God needs to get it together, to send this infant, this baby Jesus, this wonderful counselor, you know, um, mighty God, uh, Prince of Peace, yeah, to bring hope and, 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 and restoration to the world. I mean, it just like I said at the beginning, you know, in Galatians 4, 4 talks about in the fullness of time. Yeah. So, it, all, I mean, this time has been marching on. If you, if you think of, you know, even Matthew's genealogy of Jesus, right? It moves forward from Abraham, the father of faith, the father of the Jewish people, to Joseph. That's a long way. Uh, and it, in Matthew's genealogy, there's like 46 people listed mm-hmm. whose lifetime span 2,000 years. This is over 2,000 years. That's so, from Abraham, right? Yeah, from Abraham yeah. to Joseph. And before Abraham came, there was probably 2,000 years too. Yeah. And so before Matthew him. is writing to the Jews 
you know, and, and these people in, in the lineage of Jesus were varied a lot in spirituality, personality, experience. Some of them were great heroes of the faith. Some of them had very shady reputations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Some were very ordinary, and some were, you know, and inconspicuous, perhaps. Well, you know, and when- some were very evil. And so, basically, uh, God used all kinds of people to bring his son into the world. And so, today, God uses all kinds of people to bring the message of his son to the world. And so, because both Mary and Joseph were of the lineage of David, all of the shady characters and kings in, the, in Israel and Judah, uh, the Manasseh, for example, who, um, you know, sacrificed his own son, Uh, various ones who brought in pagan worship all of these were part of their their these are the people who god used to continue to carry the bloodline through even though the people themselves were you know pulled off into wickedness and just and and paganism some of them god still used their bloodline to keep carrying through carrying through to get to the place through david so mary and joseph both had all those same kings in their bloodline and then then it split off after david um but the thing is god is amazing i mean he didn't have to have perfect 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 the perfect bloodline perfect people perfect 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 so he could have a perfect um bloodline for jesus yeah. Jesus came to redeem it, all those it, imperfect people. It was just people. the right bloodline. Mm-hmm. It was just the right bloodline of, you know, people that were imperfect. You just think of some of those in the uh, lineage of Jesus, bloodline of Jesus, Rahab. Yeah. This she is was, on Matthew, she was Matthew's. A, she was a Canaanite harlot, you know, in the city of Jericho. Well, she was both in Mary and Joseph's bloodline because yeah. she was before David. And then there's also... Um, so we have uh, Rahab, Ruth, you know, she's Ruth, who was a Moabitess. A Moabitess she was right. Yeah. She was not of, in a sense, of Abraham's seed. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Tamar, who was you know, who was involved with a sex scandal <laughs> with her father-in-law Judah and became mm-hmm. pregnant with twin boys that were you know because be- the reason being, and if you look at these things. And in a deeper, with a deeper look, you see that in each one of these um, places where there was a, a, a an assault against the bloodline, in many there are many times and ways where Satan tried to stop that bloodline come from bringing that necessary uh, promise down into Bethlehem. And so, like for example, with Tamar, what had happened is she had you know married one of Judah's sons, um, and there was no children. And then uh, Judah gave her the second son. So she married the second son. You know, because you were, it was a, an arranged marriage, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that, that son also gave no children. And then he had a third son who was much, much younger. And um, I think there would have been a promise that, okay, you get the third son. But the, th- the son, third son would have been like probably 10, 15, 20, I don't know, years younger than her. So that wasn't going to work. So she, um, and under the inspiration instruction of the Lord God went directly to set this up and Judah, you know, was, she was serving as a pro looked like a prostitute. Disguised herself Disguised, as a prostitute. Yeah. And, and prostitute. so mm-hmm. she would have been killed except that Judah, she, she borrowed, she says, give me your ring and give me your, uh, I don't know, staff or something. 
And so when they found out later Tamar is pregnant, now see, that was still his daughter-in-law. Now, how did the daughter-in-law get pregnant with, you know, no husband? And so it had to be from prostitution. And so when they went to go get her to, you know, stone her, she says, well, okay, who's, who, who does this ring belong to? Who does this, this scepter, this staff belong to? And they knew it was Judah. So Judah had to shut up and, you know, <laughs> and receive his grandson, his son and grandson. So it, it's weird how these things work. Scandalous, and yet scandalous that situations. Her, her sons are in the bloodline of yeah. Jesus Christ. Another thing, too, is Bathsheba, who was the But wife. see, Satan tried to wreck it up by right. making there be yeah. no offspring, and so that's the end of the bloodline. And how many times did he try to wreck it in different ways? Yeah, and then you had Bathsheba, mm-hmm. who was the wife of Uriah. Mm-hmm. She was involved in the sin with King David, you know, and King David arranged for um, killing Uriah so he could have Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these Murder, are not... intrigue. You know, it's just amazing. But the thing is then Solomon came out of there, David and Bathsheba, <laughs> right, so yeah. Solomon... He's uh, in well, line. You know, he's in, in, in Joseph's bloodline. Now, he's not in Mary's bloodline because Mary went with Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, but they both have David, and then they go right. off from there. Yeah. But so, but they're still both all hooked to, to, to David and all the generations before David, they all have in common. So this is kind of a, you know, if you really, this didn't just, it's just, there's a background, there's a history, there's a backstory to, to Bethlehem and to all backstory. that had to go back, go into the making of this wonderful redemption story. Yeah, and, and you just think of, <laughs> you know, that Jesus was born, he was sinless, even though he came from he a was bunch a of perfect sinners. <laughs> human, even though he he was descended from a bunch of certainly imperfect, mm-hmm. some righteous and some very wicked, and some just that had major failures. So God used a whole lot of things to weave the tapestry that brings forth salvation. So it doesn't come; it doesn't come from perfect people. It's it's a point here that nobody was righteous and perfect within themselves, so that they could have earned their earned their salvation without the blood of Jesus. So they they were all in need of salvation, some to a greater degree than others, but they were all basically lost. And so Jesus Christ and his provision through his blood was the, the, the one thing that brought them into healing and salvation. So, you know, we can learn from this that God's work in history is not limited by human failures and, and sins. Mm-hmm. So this is... And, and one more interesting thing on genealogies... Luke talks about Mary's, as you said. Matthew talks about Dave, uh, uh, Joseph's. And as you notice the wording in, in, in Luke, for example, it says, um, uh, let's just pick some of the son of Jonas, the son of Rasa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shelter, the son of, the son of, the son of. It, they, they use that phrase, the son of, and they end up with um, uh, the son of, Se- they go back all the way to God on that one, but they start out with... Um, uh, uh, Jesus himself. Let's see, where do we start with this one? Um, here, I'll just read 20, verse 23 in Luke 3. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son right. of Heli. Now, if you look in Matthew's genealogy, Joseph's father was not Heli. 
Joseph's father, I think his name was Jacob. Ja- Jacob. So what's the problem here? The problem here, if you look in Matthew, you say he, um, he, they use the word begot. And so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, begot, begot. But in Luke, it says the son of. The son of. That's not the same thing. The same. So uh, when someone's begotten, that means they come out of you. They're, you're, they're your flesh. Son of is, for example, Joseph was the son-in-law of Heli. But because Joseph was, the son-in-law was considered also the son. Mm-hmm. He was the son, the son, the son. And so they gave the Mary's gene- genealogy through her father. Heli. Heli. Heli was her Real father. Real father and the father-in-law of Joseph, Joseph, who was, as supposed, the father of Jesus. But they started Luke's genealogy with, um, with, with uh, you know, going all the way back to Adam, but starting with, with Heli, you know, as, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. But it was Mary was the daughter of Heli, so what was really going on. But they called him son. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean they begot him. So right. in Matthew, they were actually begotten of, you know, of their bloodline, of their seed. But here it was a, a more of a, what would be that re- relationship? Um, no, it's interesting too that Matthew, Matthew's genealogy includes all these women. Right. Now, because the father, the, the, the father, the name always is, you know, comes through, comes through the father. Mm-hmm. Right, so the gene, the um, how can I say, the genealogy line is basically through the father. But the bloodline comes through the mother. Yeah, and, and so it's it's wow, yeah that. See, that, it goes all the way back. Interesting too that. Well, yeah. can I just say why? Yeah, because Abraham had Sarah and Hagar as wives. He had both of them as wives, but. But because God chose Sarah and she was the, you know, the, the wife of prom, the free, she was free as opposed to Hagar being a slave. So Isaac came from the free woman. And so the bloodline comes through Sarah, not Hagar, because, mm-hmm. because Sarah was the free one. And so wh- that's why the mother's bloodline, because we go all the way back, Abraham had two wives. Which one was the right one for the bloodline to come through? The one that was free which was Sarah, as opposed to the slave, which was an Egyptian, actually. It, is, is this, isn't the, the, you know, some people want to decide if they're Jewish, right? I think they but have to go through their come, mother's bloodline. It, come, it comes through the mother's I'm thinking, bloodline. Uh, yeah. I, I, I trust I'm correct on that. Mm-hmm. but That's why. And, then, and so that's why they... Because God had to distinguish between Hager mm-hmm. and Sarah, so it had to come from the mother, the right mother, the mm-hmm. right mother, the correct mother, the mother that carried the true uh, Abraham, the freedom. And so the thing is, I know this seems nitpicky and unimportant, and it is kind of unimportant these days because the Bible says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. It doesn't matter what your bloodline is, if you're you know, Ethiopian or Egyptian or uh, Vietnamese or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because anybody, whosoever shall call, so now we no. can all answer the call. We've all been called, and whosoever answers the call can then be justified and glorified. So really, it's open to whosoever. But God, in the beginning, had a very specific um, uh, line that he was working through to make sure that the promise went from Eve all the way through, all the way from Adam and Eve, all the way through to Jesus Christ, so that he is... His genealogy goes all the way back to Adam that, through Mary's bloodline. 
you know, everything was so specific and clear and detailed so that the whole world could be reached with the gospel mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, just think of, um, you know, Matthew. Matthew's gospel is to show, written primarily to the Jews, to show that Jesus is the Christ. He is the promised Messiah. Mark really reveals him, as, the gospel of Mark reveals him as the suffering servant. Um, Luke, you know, emphasizes the humanness of Jesus, the, that he is the son of man, as, as Daniel talked about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then John is written to primarily to the Gentile world, showing that Jesus Christ is, in fact, the the son one and God. only son. So mm-hmm. God so loved so, the world that he gave his only begotten son. So as you go through this Christmas season and look at the various things and, you know, don't be persuaded, don't be swallowed up by the trinkets and the hustle, the bustle and the baking the cookies and, and trimming the tree or whatever you do. Um, be quiet, be still and know that God is still God. And, and I think it too, another thing with Christmas is People are just so tired of all the lies and all the exhausting de- deception and all the treachery and all the injustices in the world that we're just exhausted if we go there with all the wickedness and the, the, the hypocrisy and the people that you know continue to sin and get by with it and whatnot. That's nothing new. That's the way it was then. And so you can choose whether you're going to focus on all that and become upset and angry, or you can be quiet and be still and see the greatness and the power of God as we go through this, uh, this season where we reflect back on the power of God, the work of God, the amazing uh, strategy, yes. the, the very detailed strategy, every person, every bloodline, everything that God used, the, even the foolish things, the, the common things, the un, un, unusual things. God uses the foolish things and the things that are not to bring to naught the things that are, and that's exactly what he's doing, using him, these, these very common, ordinary people who would have thought nothing. Uh, they weren't trying to win any, any pageants or contests on beauty or claim. They were just living their little lives, chopping their wood, baking their bread, being faithful to their God, and God saw that. He was not, uh, he didn't, you know, how did he pick Mary? Well, he was watching. He knew who she was going to be from the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. Something to conclude with here today is like the words of Gabriel to Mary when she announced, when he announced to her that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. It says, for with God nothing will be impossible. Mm-hmm. And we say that to you today, whatever you're facing, whatever mm-hmm. situations you're facing, whatever perplexities or stallings or... Uh, attacks that are coming against you, um, or misunderstandings against you. Remember, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And here's what Mary replied in, in Luke uh, one thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. She said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And that's, that's Surrendering the Surrendering to God's that, will. To keep in mind two things. With God, nothing's impossible. Amen. And then may that this be the desire of your heart, mm-hmm. no matter how, whatever the circumstances are around you. And may you be encouraged. Lord, let it be to me 
according, according to, to your, your word. Mm-hmm. And you know, let and, and and let there be an encouragement in this too that you may be looking at a circumstance that you feel is absolutely un un impossible. impossible, right? Mm-hmm. And with God, nothing is impossible. So so quiet yourself down. Give your plan, your problem, your situation, your entanglements to the Lord. Forgive the people who got, uh, Satan is used to try to gobble you up and destroy you. Forgive them, release them to God for judgment, and then ask the Lord to bind and remove the spirits. Are you bind to remove the spirits of injustice and lies and uh, that have come against your life, against your the, pur- the purposes to your, for your life, that God will be glorified and you will be able to be delivered from this situation. So, uh, again, God bless you. Have a wonderful way, uh, a day and thinking about meditating on the good things of God. And we t- ask you to check out liferecovery.com. We have lots of materials there, books, manuals, CDs. What and, about God on trial? Oh, yeah, that'd be a great gift for Christmas. It's really, um, I think we're running a special right now. I'm not sure. Check it out. Should know that, right? Um, but it's, it's a. these are downloads. There's a 28-episode audio drama on the story of the war between God and Satan for the souls of men. And it's very intriguing, very well done. Uh, it's kind of like an Adventures in Odyssey, only it's written in a more spiritual perspective. So enjoy. it'll be a great Christmas gift, I would think. And um, even even so, you can go there and listen to some of the excerpts and you know download it, bring it home as a Christmas gift, whatever. So God bless you. Again, liferecovery.com. And be blessed in this wonderful season of peace. We'll talk to you soon. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.